Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Wake me up before you go-go. I am Simon Cardi and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Matty P, what's Hello. happening? Uh, I'm sitting here staring at a Google Hangouts call, waiting to, mm-hmm. waiting to roll on with big opinions. Big opinions? Oh, he's going gonna to come charging in today. Jesse, have you got big opinions? Sometimes, but more often than not, no. Yeah, we, sometimes we don't want to hear what your big yeah, exactly. are. Um, I'm more used to that, f- to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's certain things that we just can't discuss that would put you in jail, I think, actually. <laughs> uh, but sadly... Wicked. You're here with us. Sadly? Is that sadly? I don't know. Should... Let's uh, write into IGN UK or... <laughs> what the on the, got on the email. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Do you think Jesse Gomez should be behind bars? Um, that is the first piece of feedback I would like this week, please. Um, right. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, the game, because I don't think we'll have any criminal opinions on this, because I think we're all on the same page here, that this is a very good video game. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways, surprisingly good. Not surprising for me, because if you notice, a few, uh, if you remember even a few weeks ago, I did my hands-on preview, and I said, this is a very fun video game. And people yeah. should be excited for it. But I feel like there was this kind of combination of the trailers maybe weren't showing off the best bits of this game and mm. also the whole backlash from Marvel's Avengers, which obviously did not pan out like <laughs> most people wanted, despite being my game of the generation. Yes. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is just an old school, single player, story driven campaign game that's just very good. I know, Matt, that you. You're kind of semi in love with this game a bit. I yeah. So it's uh, it's one of those I don't want to be overly disparaging about um, Crystal Dynamics's work on 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 Avengers, but obviously I wasn't super hot on mm-hmm. on that. Like there were yeah. bits about it that I liked, but it never came out together. But I think I, I'd be mildly embarrassed if I worked on that team, looking at what like what um, Idos Montreal have achieved here because they've made what I think most people wanted from that Avengers game which yeah, is 100%. a really tight story driven team based game where mm-hmm. you like fully embody not just kind of like the character but also kind of like the comic mythos like it is really really good at transforming the cosmic side of the Marvel Universe into kind of this playable play space yeah. which is led by character and story. I think like, it would probably be categorised as an action RPG, but I think it's better to think of it more of kind of like, like almost weirdly like a Devil May Cry style game. Like it's much more linear. It, yeah, it kind of is that, and it has kind of a bit of Uncharted to it as mm-hmm. well at mm-hmm. times. Like it's you can it, like, tell there are studios that worked on Tomb Raider. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, there's a bit of Tomb Raider. And there's like we said before, there's a little bit of Final Fantasy VII remake in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much you go on as you initially think, but it definitely yeah. has that sort of appeal to it. Like Jesse, you, you've enjoyed it quite a bit as well, haven't you? Yeah, hundred percent. I played it like a little while back, and I was when I got into it, 
like you mentioned uh, before regarding the trailers and stuff, I wasn't entirely sold by it. When I think of like what Guardians is now, it's kind of what I wanted Avengers to be, just like you know, a no-fuss single-player experience with a good story and just a lot of personality in it. And I was surprised I found that <laughs> in this with like you know my 15 hours or so playing the game. And honestly, I think I enjoy this take on Guardians more than what I enjoyed with the film version. But saying that, I don't know if this uh, video game version of the Guardians is more closer to the comics because I've never actually read any of the comics. So I'm not too sure. I guess that's where I come in. In which yeah. case, yes. Um, I would. The thing I really like about this is that it is a uh, like it's their own take on the characters, but it does, I think, draw closer to the Marvel comics than obviously James Gunn reinvented those characters for his movie. Mm. And it's kind of the the comic book versions of Guardians of the Galaxy have shifted since um, James Gunn's movies came out, and the, right. those versions okay. are a little bit closer to the movie now. And yeah. they do this with pretty much all of the characters because they obviously gain renewed popularity through the MCU. Yeah, of course. Um, so kind of like the whole kind of music element of James Gunn's movies wasn't really a thing for Guardians previously. Right, okay. um, you'll have noticed in the... So obviously every Guardian in the game has um, different costumes you can choose, much like they did in the Spider-Man. Yeah. And you'll have noticed that some of those are kind of almost like a blue tunic for Star-Lords and mm. all the other characters have yeah, similar yeah, things. Yeah. With what a lot of people from the MCU might recognise as the Ravagers logo, but was actually the Guardians of the Galaxy logo. Because in the comics they're much more of a super team like they like the X-Men are, basically. Okay, right. You know, they had a like a unified identity and mm. then the film kind of came along and now they're a little bit more ragtag yeah it just um, seemed like a bunch of mates and like just yeah. doing pirate stuff to be honest yeah which is kind of what this you know the the game riffs on that a lot while also having elements of kind of like the the both the original and newer interpretations of those characters but i just think you'll notice that like rocket and drax are fairly similar to their film counterparts just because like that's, that's what their character anyway. is right yeah yeah drax is a little bit more stoic in the comics or at least historically was yeah um but gamora and star lord i think are the ones that have the bigger kind of personality changes for the game i always thought there was meant to be some sort of like romantic connection between the two but there wasn't really any of that in the game i guess which was kind of refreshing just no, to not I... riff off the film right yeah, I actually, you know, obviously we won't spoil any story beats here because story is so important to, to yeah. the game. Like, I'd say it's surprisingly story heavy for a game that's released in. But that's mm. the thing that hit me most. Like, I messaged you last night saying this is basically, like, yeah, it's a comic book run in video game form. Like, it's a surprisingly long game. Like, it's probably about. 15 to 18 hours long like well, it's yeah. 18 hours now like i think it'll be 20 hours by the time i finish it yeah mm. like you're you're getting towards the end you haven't finished yet me and mm -hmm. jesse have finished and yeah like it is a story driven game in every way like and it's just like i feel like we say this a lot about like it's a surprisingly heartfelt story this genuinely yeah. is like every character has their moment one moment near the end almost like almost got me like there's some very good like not quite like naughty dog level like last of us uncharted level stuff but yeah like approaching that at times like it's just very well written and they balance that humor with those heartfelt moments mm. so well like it is such a character-led piece and then like i said you you get these moments of humor like the jokes are very good and then like you get fights soundtracked by rick astley and wham <laughs> which is just you know yeah it's just like we should probably move on to the combat because it's not like from watching it it's probably not it's not the most exciting combat to watch yeah and it's 
in the moment it's kind of it, i think it's fun combat it's not reinventing the wheel in any way like i feel like once you get the grip of it like it's not as complicated as maybe a first made mm. out but yeah there's there's enough going on for it to never be boring i think sure. i think it's got i think the combat has a slight pacing issue in terms of not the individual fights but over the span of the game you actually unlock stuff quite slowly so it's funny i'm closing the final parts of the game and i've just unlocked like some of the final moves for one of the characters mm. and so um star lord's guns have elemental powers and i've yeah. only really just unlocked the final element for the gun and i sort of feel like it means that the first half of the game you're using very very limited skill sets which means that the yeah. combat feels very very simple at the start but when you get past the halfway point and especially massively backloaded the combat actually has an awful lot of tactical kind of depth to it that is surprising mm. like it does this thing where in the environment it will start dropping areas where you can tell like oh drax can you pick this thing up and hurl it at this person yeah, or yeah. can rocket throw a grenade into this area which <laughs> will cause it to explode and take out a much wider area of people and yeah. i kind of wish that that was a bit more evenly distributed or even a little bit more front-loaded so that that tactical kind of depth got offered to you much earlier but in terms of like when it's running on all cylinders it's not final fantasy 7's in terms of depth but it has that kind of the enjoyment of fitting all of those characters together and getting them to do their roles at any one time yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like i think i i wrote my preview yeah when it's all kicking off it's kind of like juggling fireworks and when you get it right like you get this like amazing sort of like display of like firepower but then yeah. like it can easily go wrong like i wouldn't say it's a difficult game but it's it's a little unforgiving at times if you make a couple of wrong moves like you can go down like your health bar like you're never going to increase your health bar or anything you can cre- it, you can do it minorly with a perk system yeah, like yeah. it's never going to drastically improve like you can go down pretty easy especially to some of the more like difficult enemies you come across later on and i think like I said, without spoiling anything, and see, Matt, you can speak to this much more than I can, so I've barely read any Guardian stuff, but, like, this is a full-on, like, I feel like people, this is not, apart from the costumes and the music, that's as much as it has in common with the films, really, like, mm-hmm. this yeah. is very much a comic book adaptation, oh, and, gosh, like, without yeah. spoiling anything, like, the deep cuts and some of these characters I've been reading about, I'm like, why are they, like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> I did not expect this. In, in its third act, it's like, it's surprisingly just introducing characters all over the place. Like, there's, yeah. the main thing that they've kind of focused on in the marketing is Lady Hellbender, you know, a, a real deep cut for comics that even I wasn't super mm. familiar with. Mm. Um, halfway through, there's like a real great character moment where it turns up. And like, if you're a fan of Guardians, like, I think you'll love that. But the last third has like, those exactly what i expect from a marvel comic where like someone turns up to help and they're one of like the real fantastic kind of (laughs) mythological kind of characters yeah that you're just like i would never imagine this being brought into mainstream kind of marvel media and yet Mm. we've got this and it does that like three times in a row (laughs) like like real deep cut characters and you're just like i as someone that loves kind of the marvel kind of mythos and also how weird the cosmic mythos is i really like that it's completely out there it doesn't try to like make the cosmos realistic it doesn't try to make it like a mass effect sci-fi it's completely yeah it's a bonkers bonkers yeah yeah. well yeah like the representation of 
I don't know if this is straight from the comics, but the representation of nowhere in this world is mm. a giant brain, like a city inside a brain, basically. Mm. I mean, that's what it is in the MCU. It's just it never really focuses on yeah, that. You never really like, and that I think that shows a lot that that is what it is in the MCU. But I don't remember that, and I don't really ever remember them really. Like, it's just a, it's yeah. not a thing, really. But that's, 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 that gets, that gets driven into the game, though, isn't it? Like, that's something you remember from that location mm-hmm. that makes it stand out just a little bit more. Um, Cardi, mm. have you gone back to play more of the game? Because when I finished it, I was surprised to have uh, Tom Marks, who reviewed the game, like message me and saying, like, "Hey, there's some like like big choices and dialogue that like well, leave yeah. big impacts." That's the thing. Like, so yeah, there's also a dialogue choice based system, which I didn't see. I don't know how much. I don't. As far as I know, the main storyline is never going to waver from what it is. Like, it's going to stay yeah, yeah. across that, but whole missions can change so there's like exactly i think it's the third or fourth mission is a big example of it like you can choose basically one of two options like you can choose and this option is between i won't say what it, the context of it but you choose between Groot and rocket for something and if you choose one of those options you play that whole level as a big fight that goes on for maybe like half an hour of full-on action yeah if you choose the I other did. option it turns into like a slow stealth mission with one fight at the end. Like mm. it changes that whole level in a mad way. Like it's not going to change necessarily how the story goes, but your yeah. playthrough will definitely be different to someone you chose the other way. And I just think it's interesting that adding that stuff and there's lots of little choices along the way that add like little like funny outcomes. And yeah. Yeah. I haven't gone back to see like what the different choices I could have made and how much it impacts it yet. Yeah, for sure. It does that very telltale thing where things that you say in the way that you treat people it seems mm-hmm. to be then like they might do a favor for you later down the line because it will yeah, come yeah, up yeah, like exactly in the top corner it will say like character x liked the way that you treated them and now is here to do this yes. yeah, that can make your life easier definitely mm-hmm. yeah there was a moment like nearer the like final section of the game where you know obviously there's big fights happening throughout and then something happens where like a favor gets called in essentially and i was like oh i wasn't expecting that at all it's just mm-hmm. weird to have something that i did maybe eight hours ago come into play near the end of the game yeah. it's a bit it's just funny. Like there's that. so many like different examples of fake outs in this game <laughs> that i'm doing like, yeah and like i like the first time it happened i was like okay that's that's funny and then like the fifth time it happened i was like okay how many more are these we getting but in a good way i was like i don't know what they're gonna do next in this game because like mm. like it's in the first hour of the game like I think it's in the first half an hour of the game even we've put up like the first like big boss fight they tease in the game and it just doesn't happen like there's a funny <laughs> cutscene instead and you're like oh I guess I don't have to do this fight which is yeah. it's just I just love the tone of this game I hope I hope it sells well because I really would like another one and more generally just more games like this like, yeah. I know we talk about all these like and some of my favourite games are massive like 100 hour RPGs and open worlds but sometimes like a 15 hour story you just you just can't be it yeah for sure there's mm. um like this template they've made like i'm not necessarily even after another guardians game i just like to see them do another marvel game that requires like a team of people and they can do this it's a 12 issue comic book like epic with like yeah. a mad bonkers end section that like yeah. i just want to see them do that like it would be perfect for like an x-men kind yeah of yeah thing. exactly x-men or event just 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 let them do the the Avengers expansion <laughs> and turn that game around for good. Who yeah. knows? Because all, all um, we really had was just a you know good Spider Man game, and then obviously you know Avengers as well, which was like mixed reception. But then it's just it was weird playing for like a good Marvel game because hasn't really been one 
like that to that capacity Apart for from Spider-Man, ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, tr- yeah you got Wolverine years ago, but yeah, yeah. I never played the Telltale Guardians game actually, but <laughs> that's the only Telltale yeah. game I haven't played, which is surprising really because I, you know, that should have been right up my alley. I own yeah. it. Um, could be a banger for all we know. Could be, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what? I think actually. So I don't think the. I think it's a little rougher than the, like I say a little, reasonably rougher than the Spider-Man games. But you know what? I think I might have enjoyed this more just because kind of like, this game does so much just to kind of make sure that every level feels like really distinctly unique. Yeah. Like it's surprising how many things this game asks you to do. Like some of it is like very like tomb raider style platforming it some of it is kind of like these weird slightly final fantasy like combat encounters you've got got all sorts of weird as well you know a little bit star fox like that too Mm -hmm. yeah it kind of takes all these bits and it never really i I don't know if it betters any of those games but they all come together to make just a very solid like eight out of Mm ten it's just a very good game not reinventing the wheel and yeah i just yeah i just really really enjoyed it it's up there with my games games of the year like Mm. it'll probably i would be surprised if it's not in my top five at the end of this year mm-hmm. like i'm i'm near the end of inscription i think which by the way is is vying for number one spot if you if <laughs> we talked a lot about inscription i think last week like yeah play inscription if you have a pc because that is an unbelievable game but yeah guardians is i think yeah it's taken a lot of people by surprise i think a 100%. lot of people expected it to be avengers point two and and, and it's not yeah, so, you, yeah you really have to play it and just not watch the trailers because it will exactly. leave with a different note it's just a very good story. So, um, yeah, write into IGN on school UK feedback at IGN.com. What do you think about Guardians? And do you want more single player games? Tell me. I want to know. <laughs> I'm sure um, everyone does. One of the greatest single player games ever made, Jesse Gomez, mm. is arguably Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Um, although it does have a multiplayer or co op if you play Mercenaries. Or, uh, but <laughs> the single player campaign. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the greatest campaigns ever made. And now. Through the miracles of modern science, you can play it in virtual reality, which, yeah. by all accounts, is very good. A hundred percent. Like, it's going to sound so dumb, but honestly, <laughs> from all the games I've played this year, I think Resident Evil 4 might be, in VR, my number one, which sounds mad for a game that's, you know... It's not mad because it's you speaking and you, you're obsessed <laughs> with Resident Evil. Yeah, it? I guess so. But that's the thing. I've played near enough every single like imaginable port of resident evil 4 and it's one of those games that for me i could just dive into switch my brain off and just like coast through and everyone has those type of games mine is just resident Evil 4 but i've been hyped for re4 vr since day one i think armature studios has done a great job bringing resident evil 4 to the quest 2 like control wise it's as smooth as butter and it really does just change the entire experience of the game um it's... Tell me more about the butter. Like, is Leon like <laughs> palming butter? Like, isn't that going to loosen his grips on the gun if he's got buttery hands? It's, it's just, it's, it's odd how much it changed the entire experience. And Resident Evil, like, is a series that's you know, it's no stranger to change. And I think the game that's seen the most change in terms of the series is Resident Evil Four. You know, started on the GameCube with standard controls, mm-hmm. and you had that Wii version that had the really precise aiming method that worked surprisingly well. And VR is just a completely different beast like you're you're no longer trapped with the ganados they're trapped with you because like you're you're essentially the terminator in that game you're dual wielding fucking eggs and throwing them at them and then so taking out the, your shotgun and uh, stuff dual like wielding eggs yeah it's it's crazy <laughs> would you say that's made the game consider like 
easier not that it was a hard game to get but like ammo scarcity is always a thing in resi like yeah. when you're not relying on ammo and you can just chuck anything at people does that make the game easier oh, i it's it's weird because it's a game like it's a game i know like the back of my hand but there were still moments which surprised me when i was playing mm-hmm. it in vr just because it's it's a lot more intense and i think you're taking more risks when you're playing in vr because you're getting up close and personal to every single enemy you're you know taking out your pistol shooting one enemy whilst knifing another who might be behind you and stuff you're doing all these range of movements that you were never able to experience in Resident Evil, in Resident Evil 4, let alone any other Resident Evil. And they've just made good changes to the game as well to accommodate VR players. You know, instead of having to go into your inventory every time you want to heal or switch weapons or do anything else, Leon now has functional holsters. I can, you know, use my controller to grab my pistol from the side, maybe take up my shotgun from the back, or if I want to heal an item whilst I'm knifing another enemy, you can do all of that at once. Uh... It's. It's this. It sounds like your version of heaven. You've put on this headset and you've <laughs> gone to heaven. You're, <laughs> you're you're just taking on um, just taking on people with sacks on their head with chainsaws, and you're kind of just dancing around and throwing eggs at them. It's is what it's, I'm hearing. It's pretty much that. It's just it's an entirely different experience to what you would be used to playing Resident Evil for Resident Evil Four. And not saying it's the it's the most complete edition of Resident Evil 4 because it isn't. It's missing mercenaries. It's missing a few extra single-player modes and stuff that, you know, have been standard throughout previous Resident Evil mm-hmm. versions. Um, but it's just, it's weird seeing the the scale of, of everything that you weren't really able to appreciate back when you played on consoles, looking at, you know, these dingy castles or the or the village at nighttime, picking up treasures and looking at mm-hmm. them. Same goes for puzzles as well. Everything is physical. You know, you used to just have to go through, like, text menus and now you're kind of... You know, you're pushing buttons and you're like grabbing things and shifting them around. It's just, it adds a momentum and weight to the game that I didn't really have beforehand. How does it handle like the inventory? Because like, do you actually have to physically move around things to fit? I'm just imagining you're just like, you've got this suitcase you're carrying around with you and you're <laughs> manically trying to like close it and stuff things in there. Like, it's... that would have been a cool way to do it. Like, if it's like, yeah, you can't physically close it anymore. Like, instead of having the grid based system. It's, like, it's, it's yeah. not exactly like that. So the attache grid based like Tetris system is still there, but it's just, it's really intuitive in VR. Like, you're just, you know, you're pointing at something. I want to combine this herb. Bang, bang, bang. It's, it's really, easy just to use it's it's like the most approachable way to play resident evil 4 weirdly enough now compared really? to i think so just In because well like just it, motion sickness stuff aside because there are like comfort options but control wise like you're not having to use a complex control anymore you're really just you know using a grab button and then pointing and shooting and it is like like i said you're you're basically the terminator when you're playing it because you're that deadly maybe <laughs> if you're you because i've seen your footage and you're just kind of like you said like you know like playing around and basically taking the piss out of every enemy in that game <laughs> like uh it, it must still be difficult like the boss battles must still be like i don't know hard no. in that game that's the thing like i'd love to i'd love to hear from someone who's never played resident evil 4 before and like be a mad way it. to play it for the first time it, it would but it'll be interesting to see because it's a game that literally anyone who Everyone knows about Resident Evil 4. Everyone knows, like, what some of the boss battles look like and how the game controls and stuff. Um, but, you know, there's been changes to that as well. <laughs> like, um, the mm-hmm. Del Largo boss fight in the lake and stuff. You're no longer, like, trying to fucking throw harpoons at the enemy. You've got, like, an actual harpoon gun this time and stuff. And it is, it is a little bit scary. And that's, and that's what surprised me is that there were moments that, you know, did make me jump when I was playing it. Cause you just, you know, every single beat for that game. But when you're in VR, everything's so up close and personal. It's like, you have those weird regenerator enemies that, like, you know, make those really dodgy sounds. They have huge teeth and they're really creepy. And seeing that in VR, it's it's like yeah. when you see Darth Vader in VR for the first time, you're like, 
this is weird. I've got two main questions, the ones that everyone wants to know about Resident Evil 4. A, is the broken butterfly as satisfying to play in VR as it should be? Yes. The re- reloading in that game is pretty good, man. <laughs> can you do some of like the trick reloading like you can do in other games where you like throw the magazine in the air and catch it? You absolutely can. You can, the... you can go fully good. John Wick like John Woo with this and just go crazy with it. Nice. B, is Salazar as small in real life as we always imagined? <laughs> he is surprisingly is he a tiny. little freak? Yeah. <laughs> he, that little, he always creeped me out. Why is he dressed like that? Yeah. Who does he think he is? Napoleon? He's, he looks like a 10-year-old, but he's also like 32 or something mad like that. It's very bizarre. He's he's an odd character. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm personally not going to play it, I don't think, just because... Yeah. I know Resident Evil 4, and I, I, just, I don't have a quest to play on. Frankly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's another that, uh, very valid reason. Cause, and, uh, and that's a shame, though, because it is exclusive to Quest 2. Like, if you just had a normal headset, you can't play it through Steam VR or anything else. You have to have a Quest 2, which is a bit of a bummer, but it works surprisingly well. I love that you, I spent X amount of 100 on a quest to play um, <laughs> Alex, and, it, like, a year later, it was fucking redundant. Like, Yeah, that's, that's the thing with... It's not even called Oculus now, right? It's just meta, isn't it? Well, the the company oh rebranded God. to Meta yesterday. I'm not, I'm not but, going into this. Um, I'm not the metaverse. It. It's still. We're not talking question. about it. No. The, <laughs> my point being is, is that VR headsets seem to cycle a lot faster than consoles do. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's when it's you're weird paying having like X amount of hundred for stuff. them. Yeah. yeah. So they've done this new version. Like, I feel like people always have a go at Skyrim for coming out a new version like every year or two yeah. I feel like Resident Evil 4 has done it more than that well to be fair they do it in more interesting ways because actually every time they re-release it it is different like how long before we get the Resident 4 treatment of Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake are we getting that soon do you think that's the thing though like with Resident Evil 4 you know it started out as a GameCube and then eventually a PS2 game you know it's 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 fun. it's it's old it's an old ass game and if the quest to, and it's the same with GTA San Andreas, it's like, people I'm sure would want, would prefer like GTA 5 in VR, but in terms of having that kind of, um, just free, free moving, like untethered VR experience, if they're only capable of being able to bring these older games into VR, I still think that's pretty exciting. Like, that's why I'm looking forward to GTA San yeah. Andreas. Uh, I was more like saying, like, we get, we, we've got this new version of Resident 4, like, are we getting the full remake? Do you think we'll, like, is that inevitable that we're getting the remake of 4? Like, probably I know, announced the, it, haven't the, they? Yeah, yeah, the remake for 4 is definitely happening. I don't... I, did I miss that official? I don't know if it's completely officially confirmed, but, like, it is It is happening. Is sure. it one that... I feel like with Capcom, everything's leaked or heavily rumoured or, like... You know. Yeah, they had all those leaks before, but, I mean, it's pretty much, like, accepted that Resident Evil 4 remake is happening. And that's what's mad as well, because you had this VR remake and now they're actually going to be remaking 4 itself you know giving it that you know two and three remake treatment mm-hmm. which well, maybe if you if you if you don't have a quest because i imagine a lot of people don't maybe we've got some great vr footage on uh on ign.com and youtube that jesse captured maybe watch that and see you know you might just get a kick out of it who knows because uh, i know you got a kick out of kicking some zombies didn't you uh <laughs> they're not technically zombies um, though, more on. old games being brought back to life the gta trilogy finally officially announced I'm yes. I'm far too excited about these because I don't know. Like I think they'll hold up. Is that like is that like nostalgia cloud in your mind? When was the last time you actually played these games? So I have Vice City and San Andreas on my PlayStation. Yeah, 
and uh, probably about two or three years ago I booted them up and I was just like I can't these don't control well anymore and mm. then that is the major like still story wise and graphics wise I'm not worried because yeah. I know that like graphics yeah they're going to date and story wise it's still going to be great I think mm-hmm. and mission design wise for the most part is going to be great well, um, Rockstar haven't changed their mission design system exactly, for a very yeah. long time <laughs> so um, and that's why I think that's the thing that's most excited about out this GTA trilogy, which is out in what only two weeks now, and it's like twelve really? days from now. Twelve days. There we go. Um, Shit, that's not long at all, man. <laughs> no, that crazy. is less than two weeks. Actually, that is uh, one more than eleven days, Jesse. Actually, mm. um, but I can't wait to play these because Vice City San Andreas, two of the best games ever made. Three, I don't have much of a connection with. I never. Three was one I always played at friends' house. I never actually yeah. owned and played three myself, but I've always been told has a very good story to it, and mm. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, that's the major thing that when they announced these remasters, like, I hope it's just not a, like you know adding some shaders and it looks a bit yeah, better. Yeah. The fact they've fully redone the control scheme to control like GTA Five that is the biggest thing for me because p- trying to control those old games to me like was such a backward step. But yeah. like, yeah, I. I can't wait to get my hands mm-hmm. on these and i'm gonna play through them all like there's nothing to stop me playing through all three of those games like whether i do them straight away like over christmas like what are you I, gonna I start with wait. you think i'm gonna do them in order okay i'm gonna do all three in order but san andreas is my favorite out of the three yeah same um, but you know save save the best till last isn't it absolutely and i'm just i'm just more interested because i uh, so many vivid memories of playing san andreas for the first time on ps2 and being like this world is absolutely huge. Yeah. And I want to see if it still feels that big or just like compared to playing like five and Red Dead 2, I'm just like, <laughs> well, th- this place is tiny. Yeah. But I think yeah, one I, of the things you might find is like it feels like longer in terms of like, there's an awful lot of that game that is highways just yes. going mm-hmm. through like the middle of nowhere. Whereas it wouldn't surprise me if like GTA 5's map is like the same size, but GTA 5's map is denser because it's set within yeah. the same city. Whereas to create that kind of statewide feel, yeah. there's big stretches between the cities in San Andreas that is just kind of like, cause you remember a lot of those missions required you to drive like across state, especially <laughs> kind of after the first few hours. Yeah. And, with GTA's old school save system, which was just like, if you failed a mission, Brutal. you start it again. <laughs> yeah. And just that drive across. So I've never finished San Andreas because there was too much driving in it for uh, my liking. So it, I remember being stuck on it. Is it the last mission or the penultimate mission of San Andreas? The one, uh, one that involves Samuel Jackson heavily. Like, I, met, I remember that being really hard when I was young. I yeah. don't know if it is. Um, no, but- I played, I played San Andreas through for the first time fully like just a couple of years ago on stream and stuff and there were moments where it's like this game is surprisingly difficult at mm-hmm. times so it's what unforgiving you're... and yeah they have now added the option to be able to restart a mission instantly which is very good because yes. that is one of the pains of those old games and 100 yeah in my head see that's the i i have such strong memories of San Andreas, loving it but i don't remember a lot i remember a few of the story beats for some reason like when you first exit los santos like that first section there's a bit where you're like on a farm in my head that lasts forever i bet it's like two missions now i bet (laughs) it doesn't last long at all but i remember doing that for ages like yeah i just can't wait to play those games again yeah Mm -hmm. for me it's vice like vice city was like a real 
pillar moment for like i was in year nine when that came out um i can remember being like see i played gta 3 but yeah gta 3 i had on pc as a pirate version my cousin got it but the save system didn't work on it so i've played as a kid the first like two hours of gta 3 (laughs) a lot but never any more than that um but vice city was my first like gta that i played like Mm. you know properly um but there was like a school kind of feud between groups where it was like (laughs) is the getaway going to be better or is Vice City going to be better? <laughs> That's aged I was well in, now, isn't it? <laughs> I was in the getaway camp because I really liked the like London BBC yeah. kind of crime drama element of it, and so mm-hmm. I had the getaway for Christmas. And very because no, that I'm that so game, sorry, Matt. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> you got to visit Argos at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I quite liked the getaway, but it is over and done within like ten hours. So yeah. then, with my Christmas money, I bought GTA, and I can remember getting GTA on kind of like maybe like four days after Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. and spending then that Christmas holiday, like, getting really invested in that game. <laughs> Did you do, like, the stubborn child thing of, like, insisting to all your friends for months that Ghetto was still there? <laughs> no, 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 I was very much, like, because when the GTA <laughs> hype has taken over, it takes over, right? But yeah. I still have fond memories of the Getaway to this day. It's oh, just, it's not, I don't think it's a bad, yeah. like, it's just... A very different, comparison, less you know, There's only one game. winner now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Remember the Getaway being very difficult to play as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I, I, my main memory of like the big like feud between people is that um, I had a friend who was obsessed with calling me out on like, oh, the getaway and it's magical healing walls because obviously that game <laughs> instead of having health packs, you lent up against the walls. Yeah, and gradually you get your breath back. Well, what became fucking industry standard for like ten <laughs> years, eh? Was the sitting around and, and getting your breath back did, and that heal you? Yeah. Just gets so angry about the breathing. And <laughs> you the got you got him there. You got him there, man. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I can't wait to play these games, and I'm happy they're coming out so soon because mm. I was really looking forward to playing the remastered again version of GTA Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah over this winter and that got delayed obviously to early next year so i'm glad these are coming out to tie me over because i'm just fancying a bit of gta yeah. and you know yeah. what i hope they do well enough to convince them that gta 4 would be absolutely good. that is the one i want to play again because it's a brilliant game it just looks like mud mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 i think have you seen like what the pc mods can do to gta 4 like yeah. that game looks like better than gta 5 when it's modded <laughs> so like the up to the eyeballs yeah and the idea of them being able to bring that kind of like not full photo realism to it because i think gta needs to look somewhat cartoonish because of what the game is yeah and i think that trilogy that art style that they used to have for all the posters, which was very kind of like comic book, I yeah. think really suited that kind of heightened nonsense that GTA was always about. Like these larger than life crime kind of dramas that weren't so Scorsese, but were much more kind of like, like, like they were piss takes of kind of, yeah, like, yeah, as yeah. well as being in love with those films, they also lampooned them. Mm. And I just love that sort of style and being able to inject that little bit of extra colour into four, which is kind of like, is the one that started to take it the Scorsese route, but still has, like, I think that's got Mm -hmm. a a more heightened sense than five does. Yeah. Yeah. I think four arguably has the best story of all of them. Probably, yeah. Isn't it like one of the longest GTAs as well? I remember taking ages to finish as a team. It's long, but, and I remember the world not feeling as, 
the world didn't feel as huge to me as San Andreas, but like we said, it is a lot denser. It is just a mm-hmm. city, really. There isn't that sort of like suburbs area as much. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I, I would just happily mm-hmm. play. Uh, the, the thing I love four. about four is it's got that madness to you. Know it's got kind of like characters like is it Jacob the weed dealer? Yeah, yeah. Um, just sells your guns as well. And stuff. Yeah, and you've got Roman who's constantly asking <laughs> you to do all this mad kind of stuff, but like the core of it is this really good like absolute deconstruction of the american dream it's got this excellent kind of Mm -hmm. dark heart that's wrapped up in who's the mad bastard that's constantly trying to sell you um shark bull shark testosterone oh Uh, isn't his name like frank he's like the freaking roided out guy or something yeah yeah yeah, it's got all of these very cartoony elements that i think make gta's humor and like satire Mm -hmm. what it is but at the center of it this really horrible nasty deconstruction of what america is and i think to a degree probably gta 4 might be the best gta that's been made it's just it's gameplay systems aren't as refined as like what five had Mm -hmm. yeah i think i would slight i would still pick five personally Mm isn't the better game but four i yeah i'd love to play again so yeah please do that one uh but we're not getting that one sadly maybe we will at some point we can only dream um from one thing full of nostalgia of childhood from another buzz light years back baby matt me and you share a very special bond as we're mm-hmm. both very much toy story children at heart um this film i went from when it was first being announced to being confused as to what the hell this film is to now watching this trailer and being like i'm all in this yeah. looks incredible i'm still confused as to what the hell the in universe logic behind this is so uh, yeah, i if can you're not help you up, then yeah yeah we'll, we'll do it it's um it's called Lightyear, and it's chris evans as far as i know voicing the in universe the in toy story universe version of the character of the fictional character that inspired buzz Lightyear. Mm. So Pete Doctor, who is obviously Pixar's kind of chief creative kind of officer, um, explained this as when they made the original Toy Story, obviously there's all these kind of behind the scenes things that nobody knows about. But the idea was is that Buzz Lightyear was the action figure from a movie like mm-hmm. like uh, that probably Andy would have watched. And this movie Lightyear is that film that the toy is based off. And the right. thing I love about that is, you know, when you get an action figure, like Star Wars action figures in particular, and you look at them, and you're like, I know what they're mm-hmm. supposed to be, but they don't quite look like what they did in the movie. They're kind of like a little yeah. bit potato face. That's exactly what the Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story is to the Lightyear that they've made for the Lightyear movie. He looks yeah. like the fucking Doomslayer. His, his <laughs> armor is amazing. And like the toy version is the slightly fisher price not as detailed version of what you see in the film i think that's a really cool really smart i'm into it so i felt like this is where the confusion has come through for some people and i I, i've cleared it up in my head now is that yeah the toy is based on this fictional film i think a lot of people think that that buzz the the lightyear character they're seeing in australia is supposed to be a real person that existed (laughs) in the toy story world which wouldn't make sense because they have far future tech and they're going through like stargates and stuff Mm. that is because chris evans when he tweeted first to say that he'd taken on the role it was like this is the real human that buzz lightyear is based on so when there was only that one screenshot from lightyear i was like oh 
is this going to be like Pixar doing First Man and Buzz Lightyear was an astronaut? <laughs> it's very clear from this trailer, no, this is Buzz Lightyear, the Space Ranger of Star Command. Mm-hmm. It's going to have aliens in it. It's got distant Are we going to have Zerg is one? Well, like, there's that Zerg's box, got right? You know that box yeah. that turns up in the trailer that opens and the red light comes out? Yeah, yeah. I am convinced that's got Emperor Zerg in it. <laughs> and we've got to have the, like, the aliens... The Aliens and Mr. Pilkerpants are my two MVPs of the Toy Story right. uh, series. I love them. Like, I hope we get... The thing is, if the toy, if they're doing a similar thing with Aliens as they do with Buzz, like, are the Aliens going to be much more real... I said realistic the Aliens. What is, the hell is a realistic alien? But, um, you so, know, are they not going to be the funny little cutesy aliens we're used to? Right, this is a big law question then, Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> is Pizza Planet affiliated with the Lightyear movie brand? Because I don't think they are. I don't think Pizza Planet's aliens have anything to do with Buzz Lightyear. There's going to be a little Easter egg. Like, maybe, like, when he goes to space, like, the little sachet... Like, you know, in lots of, like, sci-fi, they have, like, the little mini, like, dehydrated pizza. Maybe that's a pizza... Maybe that's... Or maybe... Like he's going to another planet, and there's a civil, there's a city there, and there's a pizza plate restaurant on this, mm-hmm. on this alien city. Like maybe. how in Demolition Man they like to talk about Taco Bell, yeah. right? Exactly. Um, well, it depends what region you're in. Well, yes. Uh, um, but I just all I know about this film is that uh, it's almost guaranteed to make me want to cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're good that's at what that. Toy Story will do to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like it is. It's not, it's not a Toy Story film, is it? It's, it's, it's tangentially related to Toy Story. It's a sci-fi I kind of hope it, I hope at the end it pulls out and like there's an advert for the, to- like the actual action uh, figure and stuff like it. They link it. It's, it's like final post credits needs to be. <laughs> You've seen the movie now by the toy. And then it's just yeah. like Andy looking at the TV and just sort of yeah. like, yeah. Cause the thing I want to like, do is I that's really want. a good want... looking film. Yeah. As like, well, it for looks 1995. amazing. Um, that's when it came out <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is is like oh, fuck it like who i can remember someone in our slack group was sort of like trying to say now is Lightyear within the toy story mythos is it a live action movie or is it a cgi movie and this is all just <laughs> big galaxy brain questions we don't have yeah. to ponder live what action. i want to see live action. what i want to see is this be a super success because I think Pixar is always at its best, largely when it's doing original films rather mm-hmm. than sequels. Toy Story yeah. being the exception to the rule, because I think all the Toy Story sequels are phenomenal. Um, but this is a good way for them to be able to make another film that kind of riffs on completely different concepts while still holding you know, the all-important IP element that means that it can be marketed well. So if this does well... I really like to see a western that's Woody's Roundup. Like Would a, you, uh, I feel like I've already seen. I feel like in Toy Story uh, two, we, we we I had enough of that personally. But that's the TV show. You know how kind yeah, of like I know so. What you mean. In my head, almost like, this like is... Tarantino's Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> show in Once Upon a Time Western, yeah. but Woody. Mm-hmm. Wow. My my kind of like stupid brain is kind of thinking like. If Lightyear was the big budget movie that like was in at the cinemas, then the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command Disney mm-hmm. cartoon TV show was like the cartoon spin-off they put on Saturday mornings. So Woody's Roundup could get rebooted as like this old 1950s show that gets rebooted as a like a, a western 
in cinemas and that no, will be I, the movie we get. I want Quentin Tarantino's final film to be Woody's Roundup. That's <laughs> what I've decided. Uh, and I, I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, I mean, there's so many options. Maybe write into IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. What is the Toy Story like spin-off origin story you'd like to see? Maybe it's, I don't know, Mr. Potato Head in a, in a version of Taxi Driver or something. <laughs> or I don't know, like Bo Peep um, on just like on a farm uh, being sad. I don't know. Um, something like that. I mean, there's lots of options out there. Jurassic Park, but with Rex. Uh, I mean, imagine it. if Rex was actually supposed to be like a junior's version of a Jurassic Park toy. <laughs> oh, the, the options. I mean, what about the Etch-a-Sketch movie? God, the, the possibilities really are endless. Do write in if you have any ideas. Um, do you know what? It's been a while since I've gone, I've done this, but I started it a few, well, a few months ago now, probably. Um, here are a few films from the 1980s that you may not have seen you may well have seen you probably have seen but if you haven't you should see them that is that is the title of this segment um basically non-completely obvious 80s films so you're not going to get et you're not going to get you know other 80s films you're going to get these ones that you should watch if you hadn't so first up we've got the king of comedy are either of you watched the king of comedy Mm -hmm. i have not it's a it's it's a very good film to see. I think you'd like it. It's one of um, arguably one of Scorsese's lesser known films, but one of the ones that people always like when they list their top five Scorsese's. A lot of people put it in there as kind of like an avant garde choice. It kind of it was definitely one of the two main inspirations for Joker. I was going to say that's the one film I heard continuously throughout Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Discussions. It's got big vibes. Yeah, you've basically <laughs> big got. Vibes. It, it's got big vibes, mate. It's just got <laughs> big vibes. Um, you've got kind of Robert De Niro, who's like an aspiring comic, but like he's trying to achieve success. But he kind of does that in unconventional ways by kind of being a bit criminal about it. But, <laughs> okay. uh, it's just a very, very odd film. It's quite unsettling. It's in many ways, it's kind of, it's not, I wouldn't say it's as dark as Joker. It's, it's, it's more of a dark comedy. It's kind of like, yeah. Um, it's a bit lighter than that, but yeah, still a very good film if you haven't watched that. Uh, another one we've got, Blue Velvet, which is very oh, much Jesus. a Marmite film. <laughs> uh, judging by your reaction there, Matt, are you not a Blue Velvet fan? I, I wouldn't say I'm not a Blue Velvet fan, but it is, it's a, it's a watch, isn't it? Like, that's a watch yeah, yeah. with a capital that's W. What, I'm trying to broaden people's horizons here. It's a David Lynch film, which kind of off the bat tells you what sort of thing you might be getting, which is weird. Um, it's like it starts off with kind of like the discovery of like a severed human ear found in a field okay. and like someone has to Carl McLachlan then it's kind of like investigating it and it's related to like this mysterious kind of nightclub singer has one of the most terrifying performances of all time by Dennis Hopper who <laughs> is just an absolute freak in that film but um yeah if if you're looking for a weird disturbing film on a, on a Friday night check out blue velvet not my favorite it's not as good as mulholland drive if you ask me but it's still you know i think it's like one you should see another one the untouchables kind of the i feel like often the forgotten kind of gangster film because it's more of a police film than a mm-hmm. gangster film in a way it's got um i've completely forgotten what's the name kevin costner as elliot ness the lead detective trying to take down al capone basically and it's got a great cast you've got You've got Robert De Niro again as Al Capone, actually. And you've got Sean Connery has a great role in it. There's some great moments in that film, some great death scenes. And, yeah, you'd like that one, Jesse, I think. You recently watched Heat for the first time, didn't you? 
Yeah, yeah. And you decided to slag off Al Pacino, one of the greatest just, actors of all his time. His acting in that film is, like, just off is the wall. Brilliant. Man. Yeah, yeah, he's mad. <laughs> that is peak Pacino. You just want him screaming about ass. <laughs> just, that is what I want from Al Pacino. Oh, and man. It's amazing. Classic. Oh, he's so good. Heat <laughs> is an absolute banger. But that's not an 80s film, so uh, Heat is exactly. not on Exactly. Uh, got a couple more. This is... And these last two are going to be a double bill because they're kind of two edges, two edges of the same blade. Um, you've got planes, trains, and automobiles, and Midnight Run, both kind of similar in a way. So, plane, trains, automobiles is a straight up comedy. If you haven't watched it, it's about a man, like a quite a curmudgeonly man, in Steve Martin trying to get home for Thanksgiving, and you know it's that sort of thing. Everything goes wrong, like plane cancelled, car breaks down, train. <laughs> goes wrong like can't yeah. get home for thanksgiving and you've got john candy who is just amazing in this film is just kind of a really sweet sort of innocent man who's also trying to get home to the same <laughs> place and kind of tags along but he's just kind of inherently a very annoying person without <laughs> trying to be like he's very well intentioned it's just such a funny film and quite a sweet film so yeah and it's we're coming up to thanksgiving aren't we very soon mm-hmm. like for me in my head this is always quite a Christmassy film, despite it not being set at Christmas. Well, it's because um, yeah. we don't have Thanksgiving, right? And our nearest exactly. equivalent would be Christmas. Have you seen Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, Jesse? Nope. Have you seen any of these films? Don't think I have, no. Get 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 it going. Get it going. And I said it's a double bill of Midnight Run because that's a very similar film in a way that it's kind of a cross-country buddy movie but in a way it's not a buddy movie you've got robert de niro and charles groden who sadly passed away last year i think um and it's kind of the similar thing is that robert de niro is like a bounty he's a bounty hunter who is trying to basically get charles groden to um to the person who's hired him to capture him basically because he's embezzled like 15 million or something and it's kind of like Robert De Niro trying to escort this man across the country and get him here before midnight while also being hunted by the FBI and some <laughs> gangsters. And it's just, it's a it's a comedy action film and it kind of inspired so many films of the last 28 years, like 20 years, like Fast and Furious, like all of those like sort of action films also lean into humour quite a bit. Like, yeah. I feel like this was one of the first to do that. And people, I don't feel like people have seen Midnight Run enough. And I, that would be my number one suggestion from this list. If you haven't watched Midnight Run enjoy Midnight Run because it's like... got some great action some great comedy it's just very good Robert De Niro is funniest as well I feel like I haven't seen many Robert De Niro films now that I'm trying to think about it like mm. Deer Hunter I've seen Deer Hunter Goodfellas uh, I'm trying Godfather to think Godfather Part 2 sorry Godfather Part 2 I, I'm certain I've seen that when I was much younger but I can't remember much of Godfather 2 or 3 um, mm. Taxi Driver yeah I've seen that but I feel like there's a lot more films of his. Like I haven't seen Raging Bull. Oh, there's tons. I, I, he's amazing in Raging Bull. I don't necessarily love that that film that much. Okay, but um, he's incredible in it. From like 1970 to 1995, like he, he was untouchable. There are so yeah. many good films there. Um, but yeah, there you go. There, those are my suggestions. But yeah, pop Midnight Run on this weekend and have a lovely time. That's my suggestion. <laughs> um, do you know what we do though? Right now is we'll have a lovely time with the endless search. <laughs> Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, and ones and two. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. Hold up the DJ, we coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and two. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. Is it in the search? Do you want to play a game? Happy why Halloween, not? everyone. Oh, you've ruined the saw joke. But why not? Imagine in <laughs> saw if he just, the lad just went, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'll chop my own foot off. Why not? Fairly um, brave of him. Exactly. I bet you've seen all the saw films. I really have not. I've only seen the first one. All the rest seem to be complete shite. First, first two are very good, I think. Okay. Then they fall really far off the deep end. Um, but yeah, we're going to play the Metacritic game just because I think we all enjoyed that one so much. It's mm. simple. I've got five topics here. And it's simple. It's a mixture of games and films. Basically, I want you to take turns at picking the highest Metacritic score in each of these categories. So I want the highest one you can think of for all of these films and games. And the first topic is going to be any game. And uh, do you know what? Matt's going to go first. Matt's going to pick first, first round. Any game with a playable animal. With a playable animal? Yeah, Ooh. and that does include like humanized animals yeah, as yeah. well, like mm-hmm. ones that can speak. So, and a playable animal of some sort. <sighs> Gonna think of some animals. You've got mm-hmm. sharks. You've got pigs. You've got birds. So, we want some we, examples of animals for so you. So, we're going can to try I? and find the highest rated one. You want the highest Metacritic mm-hmm. score for a game where you play... doesn't it have to be as the whole game, just you can play as an animal for one minute in this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Will as you long trust as you're controlling, me if, controlling an animal. Will you trust me if I just do a quick Google to check if this game does do this that I'm thinking of? Well, I, you can say it and I can tell you... I can be the judge if you want. Okay. I, um, I'll let you have a second guess if it is incorrect. So, I think... Divinity Original Sin 2 has a like a druid class where you can turn into like a bear or a spider. Oh shit. Mm, and then you can move and then you can and move you around can move the board as that. Yeah. I I mean you must know that game more than most people. But so I don't you say I don't tend to play as druids and stuff like that, so <laughs> Okay. Uh, got you I don't know what the easiest way to check that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just check if Divinity has a druids class basically. <laughs> with a, a good animal choice, transform though. in it. You know that game very well. Du, 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 du. You can do pet pal, can't you? But that's just speaking. That's to speaking animals. to animals. Aminals. Yeah. Uh, uh, dru- the druid. I, I've got. I've got mine, but I'll wait. I'll wait till it's my turn. You can summon a pet. Can you transform? Uh, hmm. You can play as a lizard bloke in it. Yeah, right? but the lizards are like uh, like a species within the game oh, rather okay, than an right. actual animal. Yeah. Fair enough. You can. Polymorph, so can What you... does polymorph allow you to polymorph into? <laughs> We're getting deep. I didn't expect yeah. to go deep into the... Um... I think polymorph only gives you, like, tentacles or wings and stuff like that. Yeah, let's, just say not... you, let's just say yes. I'm not sure you no. can, you know, though. So, <laughs> what I will then say is... Yeah, I'm not 100% sure there, so yeah. I'm, you know, I'm gonna I'm going to be harsh and I'm going to disallow it. Yeah, oh. that... That, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm st- I'm on the same route though in my head. So does Dragon Age Origins? <laughs> Can you just say one that definitely bloody well, does? I, right. I've, I've only got <laughs> half memories. 
<laughs> I don't really play games where I can. What, turn do, what do I search for? That player's animal in, <laughs> in Dragon Age. Oregon. Animal forms. And by the way, a dragon <laughs> is not an animal. Uh, no, I know that. Oh, this is good. This can you shapeshift? Okay, you can shapeshift into the form of an animal. Oh. There we go. Okay. I think. Morrigan, I I'm trans- fairly sure, can turn like into like bears. And yeah. Shit. Okay. Okay. You can have Dragon Age origins, just so we okay. can just get right. Dragon Age origins. Fantastic. I yeah. can I can I lock in my answer? If you feel, uh... oh, by the way, actually, Matt, I need to know what uh, format you want Dragon PC. Age origins on. PC. Okay. Yes. Go mm. go on, Jesse Gomez. Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, Jesse gets that. I don't Everybody know you, fucking loves that game. Yeah, I mean... It... I, don't, I don't think you do. What format do you want that on? Oh, shit. PC? Okay. I feel like Dragon Age I mean, has it. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what you do here. Um, <laughs> I would have gone GTA Five because you can transform into animals via the peyote. If you uh, eat the peyote, you can control, <laughs> really? you can fly around as a bird. a bird, right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's lots of different animals. Dragon Age Origins has a meta score of 91. Oh, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's a win. Untitled Goose Game, only 79. Oh, really? really? So, I thought like people that. fucking loved Goose Game. Yeah. I didn't think it's it was ab- super it's great. absolutely but... fine. Yeah, it's, 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 mm. it's, it's a 7 out of 10 game. I know um, Man Eater came to mind, but I was like, that game's shit. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you would have worried about that. Can, okay, can, you, that can, you one... su- can you search up just Okami for me? Because I was, I was thinking that as well. Uh, but... I mean, Okami would have been a good, yeah. a good one. Yeah. Uh, would have been a very good one. Yeah. Um, let me have a look. Akami. That's the a banger, PC right? one of Akami. PS2 one actually is the highest. That's a 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the only other one I could think of Akami. was... Remember Tokyo Jungle? Was that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, yeah. PS3, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. Mm. Could I Crash Bandicoot? Uh, could have had, got a lot of games. Right, 1-0 to Matt. Let's, 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 let's not think get bogged mascots. down from this stuff. So... I want the highest rated Harrison Ford film you can think of. There's a few to pick from. Hmm. It's been a lot of good films. Okay. Can he be a supporting character? He's just in character? the film. Yeah, it's just in the film. Which, uh, if you're along the right lines of what I'm thinking there, there's an absolute banger you could pick. I mean, I'm just going to go for Star Wars A New Hope. Because like go for a new hope. Because surely that has to be like uh, fucking a hundred or some bullshit. <laughs> uh, I've got okay. I've got a new hope. What 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 is your answer, Matthew? Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, he's gone for twenty. Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would have gone Apocalypse Now. Uh, I can't remember it briefly. He's in it for like two minutes at the start. Oh, uh, that's a good shout. Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope has a 90 on Metacritic. Just a 90? A 90. That seems well low. Blade Runner 2049. A lot of people didn't like this as much as us, sadly. It's an 81. Yeah, see, the thing is, as I thought, oh. is because I can remember Blade Runner didn't, the original Blade Runner didn't launch to particularly great reviews. No. Like, it was fairly middling. It's, it's a cult film and so i just mm-hmm. thought 2049 might have had the edge apocalypse now and 94 so i would have mm. won but i'm not playing <laughs> so there we go that's one all three more to play i want any 
published Square Enix game. Or Square, when they were Square. Square mm-hmm. or Square Enix. But okay. bear in mind, Metacritic doesn't actually go that far back. Yeah. So any Square Enix game. And uh. that goes first. I feel like there may be a series we, we hone in on here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... <laughs> I... Does it go back as far as PlayStation 1? Sometimes not like PS2. Can I can I test a PlayStation 1 game and just see if it... Yeah, you can test it. Final Fantasy 9. Final Fantasy 9. But it's got to be the PlayStation 1. I don't want like the PC port or anything like that. If they don't have a PlayStation... Final Fantasy 9 doesn't seem to be there. Have you done it in Roman numerals as well? <laughs> oh, I know. Um, so you don't want... They do have the iOS version. No, no, yeah. it can't be that. Cause <laughs> Instant <garbage>. lose. <laughs> it would have to be the original. If it if it's not there, can I try Final Fantasy X? Okay. Because that's a PS2 one. Mm. Final Fantasy X. Oh, it's so hard. See, it doesn't actually... Um... Starts listing in the random order mm-hmm. when I type in ten. If I put in X. Does that help? Mm. Probably is so an annoying. X is probably the best way to find it. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Oh, Schmidt. Do you know what? Final Fantasy Nine has now popped up, so you can have it on the original PlayStation if you want. You going for that? I have now found it on PlayStation. You know what? I'm going to go for PlayStation Ten. So it's not PlayStation. It's PlayStation <laughs> 10. <laughs> Final Fantasy X on the PlayStation 2 is what I think I'm going to go for. Final Fantasy X on PS2, you said. I have got that. Jesse? Can I have whatever the latest version of Near Automata Automator is? Automata. Automata, that's That's it. That's a very good shout, Jesse. Because that got released on, what was it, current gen, right? For the new release? Uh, No, no, it's got, like, uh, I think it would have been the Becomer's Gods edition, maybe? I thought it was like... Is that the one you want? On Xbox One? The um, the newest version of Neil? Is that the newest? I don't know. Is that what you there, want? Isn't there a, is there a PS4 version? So it's only, they, it's only ever been released is, on PS4 and Xbox yeah, One. Yeah, there, there is a PS4 version. Can I go for the PS4 version instead? You can. Uh, I'll tell you. Again, doesn't make a difference. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy X on PS2 and 92 on Metacritic. Oh, snap. Close, though. Near PS4 88. Oh, okay. So, ah. Close one. Still Fair very enough. good. Mm. Uh, two one to map, two to play. You're going to the OG let's, classics. Let's get this going. Right. It's another film one, and this time I talked about 80s film. Is there a mile? In my head, when I think about 80s film, I think of I think of one man, and that's Mr. Tom Cruise. Can you tell me the highest rated Tom Cruise film you can think of? And it is uh, Jesse, Jesse to go first on this one. <laughs> Mr. Um, Thomas Cruise. Just from whatever year, right? Yeah, yeah, any Tom Cruise film. Mm. I want to say the first Mission Impossible. I can't think you can go wrong with that. We'll go for Mission Impossible. 2017's The Mummy. Let's go. <laughs> Are you going with 2017's The Mummy? Absolutely not. Uh, Mission Impossible... Let me find that. Some did that, did that have a subtitle to it? Or is it just Mission Impossible? Mission Impossible is just Mission Impossible. Yeah, oh, okay. it's Mission Impossible until 3. It's MI2, right, right, right. MI3. 
Um, Matthew. Do I Tom stick Cruise. within the Mission Impossible series or do I branch <gasps> out? Rogue. Um, Rogue Nation, even. I uh, fucking love Rogue Nation. That is one of my. That's the, is that the Brad Bird one? The one where he goes no, up there? That's a uh, Ghost Protocol. Is it? I thought they were yeah, the other way that's, around. But whatever, I really like the one where the Brad Bird The Burj Khalifa's Ghost Protocol, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> four. Whichever the one is where he goes up the skyscraper. The and he's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's four. That's, that's a really good one. That's a cracking I, film, that is. Yeah. Um, but instead... You know <laughs> no, I'm going to go Top Gun. <laughs> he's going Top Gun. Battle of the Giants. I'm just trying to think if Top Gun was, like, enjoyed when it came out. I think it was enjoyed. I think I don't know it, if was. it was a major critical... I'll be uh, curious to see how Tropic Thunder is, because he is in that, but... It's not necessarily a Tom Cruise film. Wow, this is a... There we go. Surprising film, both of these, to be honest. Okay. Mission Impossible, the first one, is a 59 on Mercury. I thought it wasn't that great. Really? I like it. I I think that's slightly harsh. I I would give that high 60s, early 70s. Even weirder, Top Gun, 50. (laughs) Really? Not correctly, you know. I mean, it's I, I. So I recently watched Top Gun for the first time, like mm. two weeks ago. Really enjoyed it. Uh, really fun film. Is it a great film? I'm not sure, but I really enjoyed it. So uh, when it comes to go. Metacritic and uh, like for old films or games, they yeah. It, does it put in reviews from the time or is uh, it? I don't know. I'm not getting into that. Yeah. Let's have a look. Uh, we've got a review from Empire. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it's got uh, Gene Siskel's review from the from back in the day Roger right, okay. review as well Roger gave it a 63 so mm. it gave be yeah, a lot of 30s and 40s there people didn't like it at the time obviously I there we go though so that's a but Edge of Tomorrow probably two all I mean it's all to play for all I would maybe have gone for like a Magnolia just because you know I'm a Paul Thomas Anderson yeah Stan Jack Reacher uh, <laughs> to be fair probably Mission Impossible Fallout probably but that review I can't believe that that uh, low yeah, surprising. I think films do generally do low, like films you think are good still get a lower Metacritic than games is, you think. Way yeah. more film critics and way more publications taken yeah. for a Metacritic on a film than there is on games. Like the actual yeah. games media is surprisingly small compared. Mm-hmm. Mm, that makes sense. So we are tied at 2 all on the last one. And it is one that I don't think it's going to cause Control C because we'll work it out like gentlemen. But I want any game with a zombie or undead-like creature in it. So they don't have to be called a zombie, but we would we would say, oh yeah, they're zombies, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like They might not call them a zombie in the game, but you know, they're really zombies. So And it's Matt to go first. Mm-hmm. And there's some big hitters here. I am oh, going to go with the Resident Evil 2 remake. Oh, see, that is not where I thought you were going. But, uh... Yep. Uh... What are you going with, uh... I mean, Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube, then. Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. That has to be it. So my, uh... I would have gone either Resident Evil 4, or I would have gone The Last of Us. Yeah, I'll see Uh, that as well. So here we go. Resident Evil 2 remake, Matt, mm-hmm. is a 91. Oh, on shit. Metacritic. 
Resident Evil 4 on GameCube, though, I think is one of the highest Metacritic scores you can get. It. It's a 96. <laughs> okay. People like that game. Yeah. It's a narrow victory for Jesse. This is your game of choice, though. You are good at the Metacritic one. I feel like you, uh, you win this one almost every time you play. So, a valiant effort, Matt, but sadly, fell short on this occasion. Would have You'll got be back it if next week. Last maybe. of Us 2. Surely last, was the last of Us 2. Which oh no, because Last of Us 2 was super divisive. De- no, well, not amongst critic as it wasn't. It was pretty much universally. You know what? Last of Us 1, 95. Well. Last of Us Part 2, 93. So neither of those would have beaten Resi 4. I think Resi 4 might be unbeatable. Maybe Days Gone scored higher. It did. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's oh, funny. There we go. Uh, it's, uh, those yeah, freakers. They're, yeah, that's uh, such a dumb name. That's not a good thing to call our audience who have sent in feedback for this week uh, to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com I've said that email a lot uh, yep. and I'll say it again uh, right. so far. we've got if you've been counting I'm just like taking an educated guess <laughs> I think five or six times maybe Do you know what? spend less time counting, spend more time reading this email you've got <laughs> this is from Jack Booth and he says Hi, IGN crew. Been listening for years, but never had a reason to write until now. Just heard your conversation about whether video game rental companies still exist. Only play single-player story-driven games as, a gen- as I'm generally pretty shit at them and get bent over backwards by anyone I play online, so I used to trade in after completing the campaign. That's fair enough. After playing my PS5... After buying my PS5, rather, I winced at the £70 price tags of all games, so I was looking at rental options. A quick Google came up with a company called Boomerang, since joining four months ago, I've rented Ghost of Tsushima, Mario 3D World, Resi Village, Returnal, Skyward Sword, and the new Ratchet and Clank. It cost me ten ninety nine a month, so you can do the maths on how much money I've potentially saved. I've loved every game I've had so far, apart from Returnal. That ball-breaking arsehole of a game can burn in hell. Um, anyway, I hope that's helped some of your listeners save some money if there's one and if they're one and done like me, Jack. We, we actually had quite a few people writing to yeah. recommend Boomerang, so... Uh... There we go. There is the rental service. That, that seems and... pretty reasonable if you're. That's a good deal. Banging Eleven pounds. These games. I assume. Is it like? So I remember, like when these services used to exist, it's like one at a time, and you have to send it back before you get another one. I imagine it's like that, rather than like, un- yeah. like you can order. Th- Maybe there's different tiers. You can have like three at a time or something like that. I'm, I haven't done my research. But, Let's uh, have a look. But that's really good price. Pretty, well, yeah, I assume like you can get through. Let's say you're getting through a game a month, even two games a month. That's still a good deal. So you're paying what ten ninety nine to play one game or six quid to play. It's a basically, game. just like a little version of Game Pass or something, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which I mean, snail mail involved, I guess. <laughs> uh, Returnal, you can now uh, they've added the update, so you can now suspend mid run. Mm-hmm. Which yes, I think is that saying at launch they said they couldn't do. Or I don't know. No, or is it? I don't know if they said it. I think it's mad know. it took them this long to add a photo mode because that game is beautiful. Yeah, I I was surprised. I I, I thought there was a photo mode at launch. I'm surprised there wasn't because. That is a beautiful game that you'd want to take photos of. Absolutely. Uh, it is a hard game. I will give it that. Uh, thank you for that, Jack. Matt. Yeah, I got one here from Chris Emery who says, First time writing into anything like this, but your podcast has helped me massively over the past 18 months with my mental health and keeping me sane during the dark Rona times. There were other podcasts too, but they pale in comparison to the almighty awesomeness that is Cardi with his luscious locks and band of merry IGN crew in tights. Uh, I, I promise I didn't write this. Okay, sure. Mm. Uh, personally, I've never worn tights, but I can't say the same for Jesse. I'm sure they're comfy. <laughs> uh, 
Um, with the hype of the new Batman movie, I'm holding off watching the trailers as I want to experience everything on the big screen. And to be honest, I was sold at the first teaser with Batterson beating the fucking shit out of that one guy. Um, it got me thinking about how fucking annoying the scene in The Dark Knight Rises is, where Jason Gordon-Levitt's character's real name is revealed. I remember sitting in the cinema, loving every second of Dark Knight Rises, until that scene, where I let out a big, oh, fuck off, <laughs> the dismay of every other cinema-goer. Has there been any movie that you folks have watched and been really into for it to be sort of fucked up by one scene? As always, keep up the amazing work and respect to that moist liquid between lands. Chris, yeah. age 34 and a half, from Stirling, Scotland. Oh, and one final thing. Someone needs to tell <laughs> Big Thomas Muller to pull his finger out, get his shit together and bring back the Mississippi mud pie. That was just the absolute dog's bollocks. Mississippi mud pie Muller corner was very good. I don't think Thomas Muller, um, FC Bayern München footballer, has much influence over that, but we can get in touch to see if he can do anything about that. Um, I yeah, that whole Robin thing at the end of Don Eyes is just a bit silly. It's just why, a bit. Why silly, was that bad? Because I remember watching that in a cinema, but I don't have many it's, memories. It's of not Robin. Bad. It's just like out of nowhere. It's just like why? Like why? Why did? But his name's not Robin. That's is the it thing. meant to be a f- fun little joke? What like about- were they potentially thinking we've got a spin-off here if we want? Mm. But I, no, no, no. The, the point is, is his name's not fucking Robin. Like everybody else in that unit, in the in the Chris Nolan universe. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not called Batman. He's called fucking Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Why is his I, name I not Gr- Dick Grayson? Like if they were going to put that Easter egg in, it should have been. It, oh, what's your name? It would be Dick the Grayson. Walked up and he went and just called him a Dick. He's like Dick. That's always, the last word of that film was just Dick. <laughs> But that's what his fucking name is. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit mad. I don't know why they did it. was a bit cheesy. Like, I, I don't dislike The Dark Knight Rises as much as some. I think it's an enjoyable film. Obviously, nowhere near as good as the first two Batman Nolan films. But I, I think it's okay. But yeah, that bit, it's just cheese at the end. I don't know what, what they were thinking <sighs> the, with that. I think the entire last third of that film is cheese. It goes from like this weird politically plotted thing into a race against time to deactivate a bomb. It's so yeah. kind of like 1980s Batman at the end. I haven't watched it in a while. I could, I could, maybe I need to revisit. Maybe I do. But I don't know if I've had a, I, I don't I, know if I've had that sort of reaction where a whole film, one that rings a bell for me is when we saw Captain Marvel. Um, okay. I think it's a, I think it's an okay film. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the needle drop towards the end when they play uh, "Just a Girl" by um, <laughs> No Doubt. <laughs> I thought that was so on the nose, and I was yeah. like, "Are we doing this?" Like, I was I just over like it. That, I was over the pop music needle drops in Marvel mm-hmm. films at that point. And I was just like, mm. "This doesn't really makes." I don't know. I, I, it didn't. That didn't work for me. I was a bit like, oh, "Come I, on." I yeah. think I for me, like Captain Rise Marvel. of Skywalker when. Poe says like somehow Palpatine returned and I was like that's just no, no. so so in my so head lazy. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker was the one that came to the end but not because it was going okay and then they said something I think literally the very first well very second set of words that come up in that screen so you get the, the long time ago in a galaxy far yeah. far away <laughs> The fucking first line of the opening crawl, which is the dead speak exclamation yeah, oh, mark. Yeah, that was <laughs> From very that fun. point, I was like, this film's going to be fucking garbage, isn't it? And what <laughs> the, was it? The dead speak. The dead speak. Uh, oh. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but no, I can't think yeah. of anything that kind of like I was I was with it up until a moment. Mm. Again, write in uh, if you've got any uh, 
scenes that have just or moments that have ruined an otherwise good film for you. Jesse, what's the email address again? <laughs> don't take. Well, don't say I've said it too many times. So you can't even remember, no, mate. It, mate. It's Go past on. my head. Uh, Rise of Skywalker has hurt feedback. me. Uh, I've got one last email here from Aoife Hughes who says, Hi all, first time, long time here. I just wanted to pose a question to everyone. Have you ever played a game and made up your own challenges to extend the life of a game? For example, the Nuzlocke challenge in Pokemon or the crazy naked attempts in Souls games. Mm. Recently, with some classic games receiving updates like Skyrim and the GTA Trilogy, I've wanted reasons to go back to these games without knowing I'll just fall into ruts of boredom and not fully experience them or have the fun that I want or remember having with them. To challenge myself with Skyrim, I built a little challenge, I built a little challenge generator. It tells you random skills you need to main, what quest should be your focus, your race, and some fun character quirks. Like if your character is afraid of horses. Have you, on the podcast today, ever made yourself play a game in a self-stated challenge for some extra fun? Anyway, I love the podcast and listen every week. Often, I'm ref- uh, I'm refreshing on a Friday to check if it's out yet on my podcast app. That's wicked. Sorry if it sometimes takes too long, but we have to we have to record on Friday sometimes. Mm. We'll it'll always be there. We'll never miss a day. All the best from Ether. I don't know if I've. I feel like people did this a lot more maybe back in the day when trophies weren't a thing and achievements in games. Like you'd extend yeah. the life of a game by uh, trying to. These are pretty common like on people's, Twitch, right? Yeah, like, people. That, yeah, I'm saying yeah. people still do do them these days, but like trophies kind of have almost created some of that for some people. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, have you, have you ever done that? Uh, not personally. I know in The Sims, like, the build challenges are a fucking massive part of what that mm. game is. Like, people coming up with, like, do the 100 baby challenge or the, like, you can only live in a room that's, like, five by five and stuff like that. <laughs> what is the 100 baby challenge? To have 100 babies. <laughs> wow. What, Endless. from one couple? I think so, yeah. Endless wow. spawn. <laughs> that is unhealthy. Um, I mean, that is actually technically impossible in the human lifespan i would mm-hmm. say well consider it takes <laughs> like, nine I mean, months I suppose to unless one. you had several like quintuplets or something and like bulk 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 basically i'm not a <laughs> sims <laughs> expert here i'm just saying what i've heard of yeah yeah um i think for me like a knife only run in resident evil games that's kind of like a og classic for for that mm-hmm. series doing that with resident evil 4 vr just because it's a bit of fun yeah i'm, trying, yeah. To, I'm trying to think if i've have you ever like maybe stuck yeah. to like maybe one weapon in like maybe a Fallout game or any any kind of game, just something like that? Not allowing yourself. So I'm to not sprint. really one to <laughs> replay games, and even when I try and tell myself like the second time I played Red Dead Two, I was like, I'm going to be evil, Arthur. I'm going to be horrible. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> wow, ended <laughs> up being that was literally good. I was my like, first playthrough. I was like, he's too good a man. He's too he, too horrible yeah. in my eyes. Emotional I game. Do it. Um. Yeah, I don't know, maybe, again, right in to the podcast, I'm going to say the email address again. It's in the description of the podcast on your app if you, if you need to read it. But yeah, another enjoyable episode. What track from the Guardian soundtrack are we Before picking? we go, before we go, go Cardi, on. we had some feedback, the other, I think it was last week, about uh, a charity stream. We said we, yes. we'd give it out. So Andrew Voke is doing charity for Scope. Which is a disability charity. Um, it, his streams start on November first and run through to November seventh, and he's starting there. All, most of them are starting at eight pm uh, UK time, and you can go to twitch.tv forward slash 
Drukula underscore V, which is capital D R E W C U L A underscore capital V. That'll get you to Andrew. He's doing uh, a platinum run for Deathloop on uh, on Ooh. November the first. He's doing some Ghost of Tsushima. He's doing horror games. He's doing Guardians of the Galaxy, and it takes two. It sounds fun, and you can help make good from stuff the, for charity from that the first wicked. November. So that's this Monday mm-hmm. coming up. There we go. Do that if you mm. are so inclined. Which Guardian song do we want? Uh, there's a few. I mean, I, I open the podcast with a bit of Wham, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Mm-hmm. The reason I do it, like, that song would always, the opening of that song is like burned into my brain because I had, from like a young age, had this like kind of toy, like not really toy, it was just like a miniature like Casio keyboard that I used to play around with. <laughs> and whenever you press the demo button on that keyboard, it would play Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. That's sick. It would do the instrumental for that. So that is burned into my brain, that song. So maybe we do well, a bit of wham like the, for the, the end. The decision's been made. Bit of wham if you want. My yeah. personal choice would have been White Wedding, but you do what mm. you do. <laughs> I, put I'm, both I'm, at the same time. I am vetoing it with some wham. It's a great soundtrack. Uh, yeah. This was fun. Let's have a bit of wham. Why not? Goodbye. Bye. Bye. there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin martha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.